Welcome to the MOOC podcast. On the 12th of July 2010, Lucas Mix, chaplain to the University of Arizona in the United States and former curate with our new monastic sister community at the Church of the Apostles in Seattle, gave this homily exploring how the parable of the Good Samaritan challenges us. What stops us from crossing the road? And then he saw him and passed by on the other side. As Christians, I think we have succeeded in many ways. We no longer have to ask, who is my neighbor? At least I think we do. We know that every man, woman, and child on the face of the planet is our neighbor. And we're beginning to wonder in a meaningful way whether other creatures might be our neighbors as well. We know that we have these responsibilities to love our neighbor as ourself. And yet, as Christians, we also have a long way to go. Because I, at least, still pass by on the other side. I still ignore many evils and many neighbors, passing them by for many reasons, but still passing them by. So let me say this. I think we've made progress. And having made... Oh, I think we've made progress... And having made a good start, let us continue. Let me ask you this. What stops you from crossing the road? What prevents you from giving more money to charity than you do? What keeps you from talking to homeless people on the street? Or giving your time to a halfway house? What stops you from being fully the person God has called you to be? Some of our reasons are good and some of them bad, but I think we benefit from looking at them in the open, from the self-awareness that convicts our souls for good or ill. You may suffer from the dramatic sins, gluttony, lust, greed or sloth. I have no doubt that these exist in the world, but these are fairly obvious and easy to identify. So we find them easier to resist. I suspect the priest and the Levite in Jesus' story were not dramatic sinners. I think they were probably decent people, good to their families and communities, pious, and proper, and well-respected by their friends and neighbors. These were not callous and evil people, and yet. And yet, being decent, they failed to be good. They failed in the kind of kindness that has become the epitome of Christian love, the kindness of the Good Samaritan. The type of behavior we strive for but so seldom achieve. I ask you to look into your hearts and see what you find and see if perhaps you find some of the same things I fight within myself. First of all, impatience. How often have I failed to help someone because I lacked imagination? Because I didn't stop to think and pray. Because I never asked, what does this person really want? 
What does this person really need? And what might I have to offer? At the most obvious level, people on the street ask me for money. Sometimes I give them something. Sometimes I don't. But rarely have I turned to God in that moment and asked, what should I do? Because I am impatient. Because I want this inconvenient interaction to end. Does this sound familiar? And this happens far more subtly throughout the day, 10, 20, even 30 times in a day. And if I'm impatient, I try and resolve these interactions. I treat them as temporary when they're far more real than most of the tasks I have set for myself that day. So I pray for serenity. I pray for the ability to live in the moment. Taking gifts and people as they come. Savoring fate. Like a really good meal. Or a kiss. Or lying on the beach. Serenity is a peace of mind that comes from being inextricably aware of the moment as it happens. Aware of breathing and air. Aware of wind and sound. Aware of sounds and smells and tastes. Aware of being full or empty. But above all, being aware of the people that surround me. There is a gift that comes in recognizing the image of God copied and distributed throughout the world billions of times. I pray for the chance and the patience to see those people fully before I try to do anything with or for or to them. I pray for serenity to appreciate the moment before rushing to the next one. Second of all, sadness, cynicism, and despair. How often have I failed to help someone because I lacked hope? I may have said, well, I don't have anything to offer them, or they can't be helped. Does this sound familiar? There are, I think, situations where there is nothing to be done, but I know most of the time that some small kindness will help. I give thanks for a friend of mine. I was working at the Homeless Action Center in Berkeley, California, that provides services to mentally challenged homeless people. This is a great population for straight talk because they have no inhibitions about telling you what they think. I was sitting in the front reception area and there was a fellow sitting there. And after a while he looked at me and he said, you haven't said hello to me yet. And I thought, no, I haven't. Thank you for saying something because most of the time I'm nervous and I don't know what to say. And the other person is socially nervous and they don't know what to say. And we never actually say anything. And both of us end up leaving thinking, 
James said, you haven't said hello to me yet. And so I got an opportunity to say hello to James. And sometimes I remember that and actually say hello to people, even when it seems socially awkward to do so. So, it can be easy to forget that simple engagement means something. That people want to connect even if it's at a very basic level. And often, it's better to say something than nothing at all. I pray for gladness. I pray for that simple infectious ability to be happy in what I have. To laugh, smile, yes, dance and sing. I know that sounds crazy in our culture. I pray that I may be able to do these things when I can get away with them. And sometimes even when I can't. Simply because I'm glad. Because life was meant to be enjoyed, reveled in, and shared. So I ask you to take a moment and delight in your surroundings. Delight in the air and the warmth. Feel the space around you and appreciate the people. There is a gift that comes in recognizing that God made the world and called it good. I pray for the kind of joy that wells up inside at the best and worst of times. The joy of simply existing. And I pray for gladness so that I might share it. Third, we come to fear that most insidious of curses because it clothes itself in the garb of reason, responsibility, and common sense. Now, I can't speak for the UK. But I know that fear is rampant in the United States. It is a common affliction, but it's been especially virulent in the last 10 years. The attacks on September 11th in 2001 have made us afraid of our neighbors. The financial crisis has made us insecure about our money and our livelihood. And the rhetoric and tension in the church have made us afraid for our community. And I can say this for myself. After 9-11, I stopped watching the news for about six years. I didn't want to know. And I can be pretty miserly with money. And I have, by and large, kept out of church politics, though I'm slowly coming around on that one. I did these things out of fear, fear that the problem was too big, fear that getting involved would only make things worse, fear, however irrational, that the big mess of a world might notice me if I stuck my head out. Better to ignore it all. So I pray for courage. 
I pray for confidence to see that the world is better for my existence. That my contribution matters and that I am part of the world that was made good. I pray for wisdom to see where I may act, inspiration and enthusiasm to act, and strength to persevere. Because so much that needs doing will not come easily, but it will come. You are strong. Three words, hard to hear, I'm going to say it again. You are strong. And though I don't know you well, I know you well enough to say that Christ abides within you. I can see it in your faces. I can hear it in your voices. Even those of you that don't talk very much. I know because you take the time to come together. Because you seek in a world where seeking is discouraged. You hope in a world where hope is taboo. And you pray in a world where prayer is often ridiculed. Know yourself and know that you are powerful. I pray for courage for myself and for you to do what needs to be done to heal the world. So I will say it again. We have made a good start, but only a start. We have seen our neighbor in trouble, but don't yet know how to cross the road. We will struggle with impatience, sadness, and fear. We have a few moments this evening for reflection, so I would ask you to take this time and ask yourself, what is it that stops you from crossing the road? And pray for whatever you need to change. Having begun, how can we stop? Having seen our neighbors in trouble, how can we not help? Know the moment. Celebrate the opportunity. And reach out in love. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on the MOOC community regarding its resources, books and events, please see www.moot.uk.net. In our next podcast, we'll be exploring the development of new ways of being church with author and international speaker Brian McLaren.